Welcome to Let's Talk Baseball, Season 1, Episode 2. We appreciate you tuning in for Episode 1, if you did. So Season 1, Episode 2, we are going to be discussing the National League East. Um, we're going to be discussing like our predictions, what we think is going to happen, uh, any signings, trades, acquisitions, losses that the teams endured, going over their previous season, and then kind of reviewing what we believe is going to happen. Yeah, I, uh, I think... I don't think there's going to be much going on when it comes to standings in this division, but there is a lot of big names leaving or uh, changing teams, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, we can go over some a recent transaction real quick. It's This went down the other day. The Texas Rangers signed Todd Frazier to a one-year deal with a club option for 2021. The The Rangers, they're, they're setting themselves up for, I mean, some big-name guys, but they still... I don't know. They're in a weird spot right now. Yeah, I see um, MLB now or whatever was talking that this doesn't even this doesn't necessarily take them out of the running for Nolan Arenado trade due to the fact that uh, Todd Frazier getting older, he's no longer a everyday third baseman anyway. So he's going to be more of a third um, first base slash DH guy if they were to get. Arnado. If not, obviously he'd be like a platoon guy at third base, you know, not playing every day. Yeah, these Arenado talks have me sweating hard because, I mean, right now the story that emerged last night, the the Cardinals, if if Arenado were to be moved, the Cardinals seem like the front runner to get Nolan Arenado, and uh, I know the the Cardinals they they came up they came up short in the NLCS last year, but. I mean, you add a bat and a glove like Nolan Arenado to that lineup. Um, the year that Harrison Bader, he, he struggled pretty pretty bad. And Paul Goldschmidt, he was streaky throughout the year. If you get that lineup pretty consistent and you add Nolan Arenado to that mix, that's going to be a National League favorite. Yeah, I think Nolan Arenado would have been traded you know, last week if it wasn't for that two-year opt-out in his contract. It's kind of scary that you know Colorado's going to want the whole minor league system almost, you know, for them. But it's like the the team's yeah. taking a huge gamble because you could be giving them – you can only have, you know, Nolan Arenado for two years and give away, you know, the top half of your prospect, you know, your top prospects for a guy for only two seasons. And not to mention, what is it, about $35 million you're going to have to pay him each per season for the next six years or whatever it is, if he does, even if yeah, he doesn't he, he's a Yeah, yeah, he, he's owed a lot of money. I know that. Um, I mean, if he goes to a contender and he is he is he's playing decent and he's playing within himself, I doubt he's gonna take that player opt out deal if he is contending for a ring. But again, mm-hmm. that's something that that teams are gonna be wary about. Like that if he's playing if he's playing really well 
and they're not getting to where he wants to go, he they're going to have him for two years, and then he's going to be gone. Right, and not to take anything away from Nolan Arenado, the guy's an absolute animal, but I don't know ex- exactly what his home and away splits are, but yeah, yeah, effect. but he is going to be leaving Coors Field, so his you know his offensive numbers might be inflated a little, but doesn't take anything away from his Gold Glove. So yeah, the just an unreal glove yeah. over there, and be nice for the Cubs to get him too, but. You know, we'll see. All right, so you wanna wanna dive right into the National yeah, East? Yeah, where, where are you heading? All right, um, let's head to let's head to South Beach. Right. Talk about the Miami Marlins All real right. quick. Um, I'm just gonna do a quick rundown. Last year they were 57 and 105. They had the third worst record in the majors behind the Tigers and the Orioles. Uh, I mean. Just me personally, just from seeing what they've done this off season, I think they. I, I don't think I know they will finish last in the division, but I don't think that they will be a the hundred loss team that they were last year. They've added some guys that have major league experience and that can help them get over that hundred win, the hundred loss hump. Um, I think they'll be. A, I set the over under for their wins at sixty five. Um, they they added Corey Dickerson, Francisco Cervelli. Uh, they signed Matt Kemp to a minor league deal, uh, Jonathan VR and Jesus Aguilar. So they they added some guys that have experience within the league. But I mean that'll that'll help them. But it's not gonna take them out of that last place in the in the deep National League East. Yeah, they're heading in the right direction. I was reading in 2017, their farm system was ranked 29th in baseball. In 2018, it moved up to 24th, and this year they are currently sitting around 9th. So they're heading in the right direction when it okay. comes to young talent. And when it comes to young talent, the they possibly have the best pitching prospect in baseball in Sixto Sanchez. The guy's an absolute animal. I was looking at his uh, minor league numbers, and they're pretty filthy. And then another um, guys that have already made the major league level are guys like Yamamoto, who uh, – had a hell of a first half last season with a sub three ERA. I mean, he kind of struggled yeah, and had his rookie, you know, shakes, you know, in the second half. But he still ended up with a four four ERA with uh, eighty two strikeouts and seventy eight innings pitched. So obviously, he's got some, he's mm-hmm. got some stuff because he's averaging more than a strikeout per inning. And uh, yeah, there. I mean, and the fact that you know they added veteran guys, even though they're in the middle of a rebuild. That it's, you know, it's something that their contracts, none of them are lengthy to where they're taking a spot away from these top prospects that are coming up. And they're also allowing, you know, to see that talent and experience to kind of hopefully, you know, be shared with these young guys coming up to give them a, you know, comfortable introduction into the MLB. Yeah, they, they've got a they've got a very, uh, very young rotation. And like you were you were saying, they uh, they're in the middle of a rebuild. They added some veteran guys, so hopefully that can help out. They did lose uh, Curtis Granderson, Neil Walker, and Martin Prado, but some key guys to look out for this year for them that could be big performers. Uh, Miguel Rojas is coming back. He was their leader last year for offense. Uh, Brian Anderson, he was a good yeah. supporter, and then and then I was looking at their their pitching, like their their starting pitching. Their that core is super young. Um, and Jarlin Garcia out of the bullpen. He's a left-handed relief pitcher. He had a he 
He pitched all last year. He had a 131 ERA versus left-handed batters last year, so he shut down the left side of the plate, but it was like a 4-plus against righties, yeah. so he's definitely a lefty specialist. But, I mean, that could be that could be somebody that they want to build upon or it could be trade bait yeah, later on. Yeah, and that's the thing with but. these additions, these uh, older veterans, you know, someone like Jonathan Villar come July is going to be a hell of a player to pick up for a contending team and then they can add more prospects mm-hmm. to that farm system. I think they have six or seven guys in the top 100 right now, so their farm system's getting yeah. pretty stocked. And then uh, one thing with Corey Dickerson is I think he was definitely overlooked because everyone was talking about Ozuna and Castellanos, but that guy's hit over 300 in the last four seasons with a 900 OPS. And yep. uh, <clears throat> baseball reference has 2020 predict- prediction for Corey is a uh, – Batting a 285 with 15 homers with a 830 OPS, which I think is kind of underselling him. I think he can exceed that, but it all de- you know it doesn't help when you are in a re- rebuilding team and there's not a whole lot of bats surrounding you in the lineup. You tend to get pitched around, uh, you know, when they know you're the the stud bat in the lineup. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we uh, we did get another Twitter question, and this was pertaining to the Marlins. Uh, it was from the real hunter, so thank you. Uh, so he asked, "Will the Marlins ever be good again?" Uh, I mean, teams go through rebuilds all the time. Obviously, some rebuilds last a lot longer than others. But yes, the, the Marlins will be good again. It's just tough to say when. They're doing a lot of right things right now. It's just that on the surface right now, they are not. They are not even close to being a team that'll be a playoff contender within the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, and personally, I don't think they should be in a hurry to wrap this thing up because the NL East is so competitive and so tough at the top of the division that even if they were to try to spend the money now, it still is not guaranteeing them even a you know, first or even maybe even a third place finish in this division. So I you know, if they could take their time with it, let's say 3, 4, 5 years down the road, once teams start to you know maybe you see the Mets start to dip off and lose some of their pieces you know then they can kind of sneak in kind of like how the White Sox are sneaking in now with the Central being so weak if they would have done this two years ago when the Twins and you know or even last year if they tried to do it last year when you got two teams almost winning 100 games in the division I mean that doesn't give you you know a high chance of even making the playoffs anyway so I you know if they can wait till the, the division gets worse I should say <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna have to sit back while while the Braves, Nationals, Phillies, and Mets all duke it out. I guess yeah. right. Speaking of Phillies, you want to head so, over to Philadelphia? Yeah, let's let's head to the city of brotherly love, <laughs> even though they have some of the some of the craziest fans out there. Yeah. Um. Last season, they they had a very underwhelming season. The expectations were high given who they signed in the off season. Uh, they finished eighty one and eighty one last year, and that definitely underwhelming. I mean, it didn't didn't help that they had to deal with Andrew McCutcheon tearing his ACL going out for the year. J T. Realmuto had an underwhelming year. Bryce Harper had an underwhelming year. Um, that just that didn't help at all. So. This year they went out and signed a pitcher who who showed out last year for the Mets, Zach Wheeler. They signed D.D. Gregorius, who's going to be who's going to be trying to prove himself 
after getting shunned by the Met or the Yankees. And then they signed Josh Harrison to a minor league deal this year. Um, again, some key guys that they got coming back are Bryce Harper. He's going to be looking to have a better year. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon coming off an of injury. Reese Hoskins, he's going to look to break out. And JT Romuto, they're all coming back. Yeah, another guy coming back off injury, I don't know if you mentioned, was David Robertson, who's a stud bullpen. Uh, he'll probably be their closer, honestly. But uh, he... He got hurt. he only pitched in seven games last year, but in the year prior with New York, he was he pitched sixty nine games. You know, giggity, uh, with a yeah, <laughs> nice. with a three two ERA and uh, ninety one strikeouts. Which when you can get ninety one strikeouts in only sixty nine innings pitched, that's that's pretty filthy. So that's a mm-hmm. nice harm that they're going to be you know returning their bullpen. Yeah, they're going to be their bullpen, their starting rotation. That's where they're going to be weak. They're definitely not weak with their bats. I mean, they got guys like uh, they got Gene Segura. They've got, again, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins, JT Rumuto. These guys all are all all star caliber mm-hmm. players. They're just going to need to they're just going to need to lean on that. The starting rotation a little bit more. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta. And then that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, and going back to Zach Wheeler, the man got five years, $118 million. And, you know, I was kind of looking forward to him hopefully signing with the White Sox. But I go back and look at his numbers. And, I mean, he almost had a four ERA last year with, uh, I mean, yeah, he had 195 strikeouts and 195 innings pitched. You know, he's got some with a whip of one, 126. So when you look at, He's got some yeah, stuff. Yeah, when you look at that, you're like, okay, he's a solid pitcher. And I know they say he's got, you know, they think he can still get better. They don't feel he's reached his potential. But, I mean, he is going to be 29, soon to be 30. Um, I feel like he, I mean, obviously everyone's getting overpaid in today's market. But I'm, I'm not uh, upset one bit um, that he's in Philly and not in Chicago looking at these career numbers not to mention he's had tommy john so who knows yeah so so you're pretty you're glad that the white Sox didn't yeah. sign a high risk guy yeah like i mean that. they went with more of a durable stu- sturdy guy in dallas keichel for a lot less money so yep if yeah. you were to if you um, were to see like if you could be um philly's gm right now what are uh, some pieces you're adding or positions you're looking to help out well, right now, if I'm Phil's GM, I'm looking to add to that third base and that outfield. You got Bryce Harper and Andrew McCutcheon out there. After that, you've got. I mean, I was looking at the. I was looking at who they had previously. I mean, they had Oduble Herrera, but obviously he's he's under suspension right now. And if they they don't move him, and if he doesn't play all of 2020, that's going to be 6.1 million dollars that just goes in the yeah. trash. So they're going to be they're going to be losing out there. Um, yeah, so one of the positions that they could add to is, uh, is third base. Obviously, Josh Donaldson's sweepstakes are, are out there, but I don't see the Phillies as a favorite to land him. If the Phillies did land him, that'd be, that'd be a great addition for them, and they'd be addressing a need. Scott Kingery, he's, he's their, their third baseman right now. Last season uh, was, in fact, his uh, first full or sorry his second full year in the league he did hit 258 last year improving upon his 226 year before 
and he is he is already 25 years old. He's been in the league for two years, but um, again, that that outfield they could they could add a center fielder, and Odubel Herrera if he could come back, that'd be that'd be tremendously helpful for them. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Kingery also avoided arbitration. Was it, I think last year, or maybe even coming out of the minors, but. Yeah, it was before he played an MLB game. They gave him a six-year, $26 million contract. So, obviously, they liked what they saw, and they're going to keep him around. That doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be your everyday third baseman, taking you out of a Josh Donaldson sweepstakes or even a trade for, a, you know, a third baseman like Chris Bryant or Nolan Arenado. But Yeah. And th- yeah, uh, speaking, of ar- speaking of arbitration for you, before you want to say something, um, I saw that the I was just reading today too, and this didn't break news to me until I was reading up on it. JT Real Muto, he was not; they did not reach an arbitration agreement, so they're they're going to be going to. They didn't reach an agreement, so they're going to be going to arbitration oh, okay. this uh, this February. I saw. I can't remember who it was. It might even have been. Man, I wish I got the name, but there was someone that's going to arbitration over like two hundred thousand dollars. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. If you're an MLB ball club and you tell the guy he's not worth an extra $200,000, that guy is going to be out the door the second he hits free agency. That's just not a bad or not a good look one one bit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd want an extra $200,000. Yeah, and I mean, as an MLB yes. ball club, that's freaking peanuts. So it's like, give yeah, the guy $200,000 and he'll be happy and... Keep on your way. I mean, they they pay their they pay their minor leaguers like a bottle of water and a bag of Doritos yeah, every day. Yeah, and then they so. got to ride a short bus to you know all the games and everything. <laughs> all right, so I set I set my over under for the Phillies wins at eighty five. They'll be a little bit better than last year, but yeah. I I don't see them. I don't see them breaking into yeah. that 90 win range. Well, let's also talk about they're bringing in a freaking stud of a manager in Joe Girardi, though. You know, who knows what he, yeah, knows that, what he could do. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they're, they're definitely an old school manager. He's going to be, he's going to run the team. He's going to run the team a lot differently. Yeah. So I watched, so the Phillies, when they were in the series with the White Sox, they had a game that went like 14 innings. And mm-hmm. Gabe Kapler as a manager is literally the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he, because it's a National League game, so obviously a lot of more, there's a lot more moves and strategy when it comes to substitutions and everything. I, I uh-huh. witnessed him pit Tron, a pitcher, with another pitcher in like the 12th inning. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely didn't get a, he didn't get a great rap right away yeah. when he came when he came in but apparently he's really a good pitching coach and so that's why i'm pretty sure the giants hired him as a pitching coach or at least on the pitching staff so he's still in the mlb he's just probably never going to manage again he he is on the Giants staff but he did get hired as the manager of the giants oh so, he did didn't he we'll see yep yep man i think someone else got so, fired and went to a pitching coach where i made that up i don't know okay yeah, you might be right, but yeah, Giants. They, uh, Bruce Bochy. Yeah, Bochy. Yep. Bruce Bochy. Yeah. That that dude. Yeah, dude's he, a, that he dude's retired. A yeah, he is. He's gonna retire on the West Coast. Must be tough. What a career. Yeah. Freaking nice living up here in beautiful, 
Midwest, Wisconsin, Illinois. Snow on the ground. <laughs> Hate it. All right, want to head to the good old meanie. Big Apple? Yeah, let's head, let's head there. Um, so that's a that's an interesting team this year. Uh, they had they had a very streaky season to say the least last year. They started off terrible. They hit their stride in the middle of the year, and then they leveled out at the end. So they they made a push towards uh, the second wild card spot but they didn't quite get there they ended last season at 86 and 76 they did finish 3 games behind the brewers for the second wild card spot uh they're they're going to be they're going to be another it's going to be another great year they've got they got a solid rotation uh, obviously uh, Jacob deGrom Noah Syndergaard they got they acquired Marcus Stroman they got Rick Porcello and now uh, Michael Waka as well they can also throw in Steven Matz for a six-man rotation. And they also added guys like Jake Marisnik, Dylan Betances. That's just going to solidify them as a team. It's going to solidify their bullpen. They did lose, however, Todd Frazier, Joe Panic, and Zach Wheeler. But bringing in Michael Waka and Rick Porcello, that kind of, that kind of negates the loss of, the loss of Zach Wheeler, in my opinion. Yeah, I... Uh... I see Waka going to a long relief position and Matt mm-hmm. staying in a five-man rotation. Um, okay. The only like the Twins look good on paper. Don't get me wrong, but they're betting on so t- many gambles of a come bounce back year for some of these guys that you know you might get one or maybe two of the four guys that are coming back you know, to have this bounce back year. But then you might also realize, like, oh, this guy's 31 years old. Maybe he was just declining. Or Jonas Cespedes hasn't been healthy since 2016. And mm-hmm. his highest, like, average, like, throughout his career, he's had, like, 118 games through his career. Like, that's that's yeah, getting a good year tough. out of him. So it's like you're probably going to get 80 games out of him this year. But when he was healthy in 2016, he batted a 280. 31 dingers, 86 RBIs with an 884 OPS, you know, with a 530 slugging. So if you get that Jonas Espinosa, which is very, yeah. very unlikely, that could be interesting. But And then you got guys I, like Batances, who last year didn't pitch, but in 2018 he had a 270 ERA, you know, pitched 66 innings with 115 strikeouts. So the, kid, the guy's got insanely good stuff, but – a lot of injuries he was battling last year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a win for the Mets if they can get at least a hundred games out of Ioannis Espedes. I mean, they're going to be taking it easy on him, but if they can get a hundred games out of him, I think they're that he's yeah. going to do a lot more, a lot more good than yeah. bad. Speaking of Ioannis Espedes, did did you read into any of how he got hurt last year? No. So, so originally. It was something on his, like, what he told them was he, like, fell off a horse or something, and he did something to his ankle, or broke his ankle. Okay. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it yeah, up now. Yeah, so then it was like, okay, whatever, and now they found out the truth. He was getting chased by a wild boar <laughs> and stepped in a hole and broke his ankle while running away from a wild boar. Like, you can't make this shit up, honestly. <laughs> Dude. Jonas Cespedes is just, oh, yeah. my goodness. And then, so, the he, fact that he did lie, they went to court 
because he had a massive contract, said he violated his okay, contract yeah. agreement, and they reduced from him making like twenty one million this year to like twelve. So they freed up some space when yeah. it comes to salary. Yeah, that yeah, I'm I'm seeing it right now. The headline for uh for TMZ: Yuana Cespedes's 2019 broken ankle caused by altercation with wild boar. Yeah. <laughs> only, only <laughs> nice. What a freaking yeah. guy! But, All but right. a, if you were to pick one of the guys to bounce back from these four or five free agents, who who are you picking? What do you mean? So out of Porcello, Waka, Batances, or Cespedes, who has who has the like biggest bounce back year or best season? Oh, I th- I think it's I think it's Dylan Batances. He's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. The Yankees didn't give him the role that he wanted, so he he tried playing for the role that he had, and he excelled at it. And then last year he was hurt, and he, this year he's going to be he's going to be seeing red. I think he's going to be he's going to try and do he's he's going to do a lot this year. I feel like, and then somebody like Rick Porcello. I was reading into him. I know he won the Cy Young in 2016, which was a joke. Uh, he yeah, it was an absolute joke. He had so many guys. He he didn't get as many first he got 12 first place vo- I was looking at this yesterday he got 12 first place votes Justin Verlander got 16 but since uh Porcello got a higher percentage of the vote share by like 2% he ended up winning the Cy Young yeah and statistically statistically seven pitchers seven of the pitchers that did not win the National League Cy Young pitched better than Porcello that yeah, year too his so like stats, it was just an absolute yeah his fluke. stats for that year 315 ERA 33 starts, 223 innings. I mean, the only thing that stands out to me that I was like... He had, what, 22 wins? Uh, Yeah, but the thing is, is like the one thing that does stand out to me is he did have three complete games, which is pretty impressive in one yeah. season. But nothing that's not Cy Young worthy to me. It's just saying, like, wow, he you know he had a good season. But Yeah, I mean, like like that, you're looking at baseball reference. Look at, look at John Lester's stats. Look at Kyle Hendricks' stats. I mean, me being partial as a Cubs fan. No, I mean, but yeah, you're but you're that, not wrong there. Seeing that, J- Justin Verlander, I'm pretty sure his ERA was lower. I think it was like a 3.06. Yeah. I'm not looking at it right now, but I'm pretty sure it was lower than Porcello's. It's just Verlander was on the Tigers and he wasn't getting as many wins. Yeah, that guy so. ages like a fine wine. I know, dude. I He's, swear, it's like Mike Trout with MVP. I swear, like, you could put him in top three for the Cy Young every year and you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, future future Hall of Famer, no doubt. Yeah. But, so, for for the Mets, uh, just some notes here. They've, they're key returners, Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, obviously. Syndergaard did not have a good 2019 at all. deGrom, however, won his second straight Cy Young. They have Pete Alonzo coming back, set the home run, the rookie home run record. Uh, Jeff McNeil, who's an absolute baller yeah. of a player. Wilson Ramos, we were talking about him earlier. Uh, Marcus Stroman, and then Robinson Cano. So, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be a good team. They're, they're going to contend for a wild card. Um, yeah. yeah what, what do you think? I think so too. And like another thing to note is Edwin Diaz having such a rough year last year along with a lot of other guys. But that guy was one of the best closers in – or he was, like, the best closer in baseball in 2018. He had 57 saves. And he also had a 1.96 ERA. So it's like even if you get half that bounce back, um, 
you know, like you, you say you get, you know, 50 saves. That's almost, you know, it's almost double what he had in 2019. So you get guys like that who don't necessarily need to come back to their prime, but just have it like they played so bad they, last year. They need year to contribute. That it wouldn't be hard for them to have a good year, like a bounce back year this year, just because of how bad their 2019 was. So. Yeah. Things, yeah, yeah I, bar's I say, not set. I say they're definitely a wild card contender. I think they could. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Nationals are gonna really see how in, you know, how good Rendon was and how big that bat and that lineup was. So they could easily, mm-hmm. if things don't go well with the Nationals, they could. I could see them getting second in the East. I, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I I said like. I believe they've got ni- they've got ninety one potential. Uh, I'd, I'd set their their plus minus for wins at eighty eight. Um, but yeah, they, they've got they've got that ninety one yeah. potential. They do have that potential to win the to win the wild card. Didn't they just sign a new manager as well? Didn't they get Carlos Beltran or who's their manager? Um, I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to sound stupid. Let me let me look right now. You, you're probably right. That's manager. Let's see. Carlos Beltran. Yep. Okay. So that'll be yeah, interesting. That's kind of like a David Ross situation in Chicago is you got a veteran player coming into an old clubhouse that he used to play in, you know, and managing a team. He's a little outdated to where I don't think he's maybe Robinson Cano just because, like, not necessarily on the same team because Cano's fresh on the Mets, but that's some guy that yeah, he may have yeah. played with or known, but. That's a little different, whereas David Ross, like, literally was on the roster on the World Series team, and you know, four years ago. So, yeah, I think it was the Mets manager that I'm thinking of who got fired, and then he's got a pitching job somewhere. Oh, okay. But, yeah, Carlos Beltran. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, the, vi- the video of... Uh, Mickey Jake. Calloway, that's what I'm thinking of. Mickey Calloway is, uh, who was their manager last year, who's god awful and uh yeah i i have no idea what he's doing he's definitely not managing a ball club i tell you that the video of terry collins i freaking love it every time (laughs) like i watch it so awesome you gotta give us a shot yeah i wish i wish all that was mic'd up all the time i know yeah it would be it would backfire in some situations but it'd be a really cool experience like the all-star game when they mic up some of the players in the field like it's awesome yeah i know yeah or like like in spring training when they mic'd up mookie Betts and um chris bryant hit that ball over his head and yeah, he's, <laughs> and like, he's like i'm not one. i ain't getting this one boys <laughs> and then uh, uh charlie blackman was like yeah i get real bored out here so i start talking to myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude like it, they're baseball players man you you, you know what they think about yeah. i mean you just Swipe your feet in the grass, eating baseball or baseball seeds. Jesus Christ, eating sunflower seeds. Yeah, we we eat baseball seeds for fun. Laces of the baseball. (laughs) Shoot. Um. So yeah, last episode we we talked about uh, something that we're trying to do. Uh, I play MLB the Show twenty when I'm gonna play MLB the Show twenty when it comes out. I play the Show nineteen a lot. What about you, Bailey? Yeah, I uh. Just got back into Diamond Dynasty myself, and I'm so far behind, so it's kind of tough, but it's absolutely awesome. You know, you think of, like, fantasy football or something like that, but you get to build your own baseball team based on the all-time greats or even, you know, the studs now, so it's it's pretty sick. I think they did 
a phenomenal job with that game mode. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Diamond Dynasty. You can play the play the market. Players, uh, you can buy players when they first break into the league, and then watch them progress as the year goes on. Uh, you got the road to the show mode where you can make your own player and control your own control your own destiny really to the league to the show so as i said last episode we are giving away a copy of mlb the show 2020 you use promo code dinger you will send that in an email to ltbaseballpod at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at ltbaseballpod and you can find the info in the bio and send us that promo code to be entered for your free copy of MLB The Show 20. We Again, we'll be doing the drawing just before opening day. Um, there's plenty of other episodes to go. We are going to be taking any entry, so be sure to enter in for that. It's a free copy of MLB 20, The Show. Can't, yeah, and even, can't argue even that. if you – yeah, right. Um, and even if you don't care less about MLB The Show – be sure you're following the Twitter just because, you know, we do a lot of cool things with letting you guys uh, post questions, you know, for us to answer on the podcast or just getting updates on what's going on with the podcast, you know, or, or even just cool uh, some polls to get your brain thinking of what's going around the league. So definitely hit that follow button on Let's Talk the you know Baseball Pod on Twitter. Yep, yeah, if you, if you do post a question, we will we will answer it. So, um. So we, we kind of touched on it after t- talking about the Mets. Let's move to the defending World Series champion, Washington It's the Nationals. honeymoon season, baby. Yeah, it is. Um, Which could yeah. go terribly bad. You know, it, yeah, you, t- it tends to happen for some reason. Yeah, you want, you want to kick it off? Sure. Uh, I'd like to start everything with, you know, the best left fielder in baseball, uh, Juan Soto, who's only 21 years old going into the season. Um, I have him pegged as the runner-up for the NL MVP in 2020. Uh, okay. Last year he batted a 282, 34 bombs with a almost 1,000 OPS and 110 RBIs with a slugging at 550 and almost a 5 war. Now, this, you know, being so young and only playing two seasons in the MLB, uh, you look at his stats, you know, we all know how Bryce Harper was the young phenom in the Nationals organization and had, you know, rookie of the year and MVP, all that good stuff. Juan Soto's numbers in his first two seasons are better. That just shows you the kind of potential and, you know, what this guy can do. And we saw that it doesn't matter the occasion because he balled out in last year's playoffs as well. Sorry, yep. Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think he's the best left fielder in baseball, and like I said, I think he's going to be the runner-up MVP to another guy in the division um, by the name of uh, Acuna. I think okay. Ron- I think uh, Ronald Acuna will be the NL 2020 MVP. Okay. You think uh, Christian Yelich or Cody Bellinger, you think they'll be in the mix as well, or are they going to have repeat yeah. seasons again? Um. I, yeah, I think they'll be, you know, like a three and a four type thing, but I just see these two young guys duking it out. Uh, okay. You know, not to get too much into the Braves yet, but Acuna was a dick care away from being a 40-40 guy. So, I mean, yeah. that that just shows you how insane he is. It's hard, hard not to give a guy like that an MVP consideration as well. Yeah. But, 
yeah as, as you said sorry sorry brewers yeah they they beat the brewers in the wild card game that was fun to watch uh and then then the next round beat beat the dodgers in five games thanks to howie kendrick's grand slam that was frick i remember watching that game at home and i was yeah. I, I i didn't have a vested interest in the game but like i was i was jumping up and down because they they knocked out the dodgers like it's freaking awesome yeah. and then and then on top of that they sweep the cardinals in the nlcs which is just even better and then they take it to game seven against houston and the road team won every game in that world series which was freaking weird yeah um, absolutely yeah howie kendrick anthony rendon and uh steven strasburg they they balled out in that world series but yeah like you said juan soto had a great great postseason and yeah i'd look for him to have another great season this year um the nationals are losing they did lose anthony rendon and brian dozier uh ryan zimmerman is still a free agent he's still unsigned they're hoping to bring him back on a on a team friendly deal yeah. uh they did retain howie kendrick they did retain uh steven strasburg and they did sign will harris and Eric Thames and Starlin Castro. So they did add to that bullpen, which struggled very early in the season, which is why they were in the deepest hole that they were in. And, yeah, adding Will Harris, that's a, that's a huge addition for them. Yeah, that guy's a stud. Yeah, he's going to be bringing some, back some shit. Yeah, and bringing back Daniel Hudson is uh, solid. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you look at their uh, their bullpen when it comes to the back end, you got – Will Harris and Daniel Hudson taking over the seventh and eighth inning, and then you got Sean Doolittle closing it down mm-hmm. in the ninth. That's going to be a pretty pretty uh, solid back half of that bullpen. Yeah, I was I was listening to a, to a podcast the other day. Uh, they're saying like like for opening day when they're showing the the highlights of the World Series and stuff, you're for sure gonna see Will Harris on that video. <laughs> yeah, and he even said uh, it was funny. They interviewed him, and he had a good response to it. He said, you know, going in, I knew. I'm totally, you know, going to get that shit, and, you know, it's going to be brought up all the time, but regardless of that, you know, D.C., the team chemistry, you know, like he, he just said yeah. for, his, for his family and career, that was the best place regardless of that uh, situation, you know, which I don't know if I'd be able to <laughs> – I don't know if I'd be going into that clubhouse. It's kind of like <laughs> a, you know, Kevin Durant get, getting beat by the Warriors and then the following year going to the Warriors going. like – it's yeah. just a weird can't, if he weird can't beat thing. him join him yeah it's just so a i weird said last thing. week yeah i i agree but yeah uh they obviously steven strasburg's coming back juan soto's coming back uh max scherzer patrick corbin adam eaton those guys they're they make up that that core they're they're gonna be they're gonna be a playoff contender again i i don't think that i don't know i don't see them winning the division I do see them again, like I said, duking it out with the Mets for a wild card spot, or maybe the Mets go one two for the wild card. I mean, I don't see, I don't see a National League Central team not making a wild card appearance, but we'll see. This, this, this will be interesting. I I set their plus minus for wins at eighty eight as well, same as the Mets. Yeah, this division can easily see three teams going to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, very because very deep. The NL Central being. You know, this is going to be kind of an interesting year because normally you can kind of pick, you know, top two guaranteed. Uh, Big question mark there, yeah. Be in the playoffs, but this year you have no idea. A lot of teams, you know, losing some talent. A lot of uh, someone like the Reds building up a lot of talent. So teams not signing Red, talent. Yeah, yeah, the <clears throat> yeah Cubs. Um, 
<laughs> but the the Reds, it'd be interesting because normally they were kind of like the Central's punching bag to where you can boost some wins up. Oh, yeah. Uh, but when you don't have that, the top kind of, you know, the wind totals can kind of drop, and therefore you get less likely chance of the second-place team getting a wild card when the whole division isn't winning as many games. Yeah, yeah, and that... I mean, Miami Marlins. They're still going to be the. They're still going to be the the fluffy cloud of the NL East. But like I said, they're they're not going to be as soft as they were last year. Yeah, exactly. Year. Even even them, they're getting better. So it's like, you know, it's division one through five. I w- I mean, the Marlins. I wouldn't say are competitive yet, but they're still they're going to get some sneaky wins out of there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think a sneaky pick for that uh, the Nationals is Starlin Castro. I think it was one year, twelve million. Yeah, but. He's only 29, batting a 270, 22 homers, 86 RBIs with a 730 OPS last year. Yeah, he's got pop. Yeah, I mean, the guy, and he was playing for the Marlins, so nobody, obviously people forget about him, but let's, like, this guy's on pace for 3,000 hits. So, mm-hmm. like, he's no slouch. Obvi- yeah. he's, no, he's no Anthony Rendon either, but when you put him in the lineup, he's not going to, that's the thing, like, you're taking away your three hitter, and you're replacing him with a six or a seven hitter. So therefore, you're definitely already gonna not win as many games because you haven't replaced that bat yet. Eric Thames is not that bat with only batting no. a two forty. You know, twenty. I don't know how the guy only has twenty five home runs when his arms are the size of a freaking dump truck. Dude, you know, <laughs> you would think he could flick his hands and hit a home run. So it's Dude. like, <laughs> so. When I when I was watching one I was watching one of the Cubs Brewers games I watching Len Casper and Jim Deshays and I was laughing so hard at this I don't know why it still makes me laugh but he wears this he wears that big elbow brace and yeah. like like he just like his the arms Korean just special. bulge out yeah he just his arms just bulge out of that thing and like I just remember Jim Deshays saying like it, it just pans to. Uh, it pans to Eric Thames like stepping out of the box and then like it zooms in on his arm and and Jim Deshays goes, my God, that thing looks bulletproof. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's crazy. But, yeah, de- definitely a big guy. So, yeah, the Nationals believe that they'll be believe that they'll be a wild-card contender again, 88 plus-minus for wins for me personally. No, I okay. think the Nationals are, like, on paper, second place in the NL East, but – Someone like the Mets could, you know, have some freak performances or, you know, just a lot of stuff go right for them and take second place. But I I have them – I have the NLE sitting at the exact same standings as they were last year as of right now. So that means that you've got the Atlanta Braves finishing first, huh? Absolutely. And I th- – and uh, although – Yeah, I agree. The only problem, you know, Donaldson not being there is going to be rough if they don't yeah. get him, which is still a possibility. But yeah, it's it's looking like that the the Braves are the favorite so far to land Donaldson, mm-hmm. but there are obviously other other teams that will be that will be trying to win him. But I mean, they did lose they did lose Julio Tehran, who's a uh, 30, 30, 30 starts a year type of guy they lost Dallas Keiko who again he'll eat up a lot of starts for you and then Brian McCann but they did sign uh Cole Hamels Will Smith and Travis Darnall so 
that rotation did get a little bit a little bit weaker. But I mean, a guy like Mike Fultonavich, if he can if he can bounce back after the year after the year he had last year, it was pretty bad. He had a great twenty eighteen, but twenty nineteen was not great. So if he can bounce back that'll help them. And then Mike Soroka, if he can repeat what he did last year as a young pitcher, um, they'll be they'll be okay. Yeah, um Toronto didn't do anything for me. You know, he he wasn't even on their playoff roster. That's how bad he was. Um, yeah. But Dallas Keuchel. It, Dallas Keuchel and Cole Hamels. I mean, I think Dallas Keuchel's a better version of Cole Hamill at this point of their careers. But they're kind of like the same guy. They're going to be the durable, give you a 30 starts a year kind of guy. Uh-huh. And their bullpen got buffed up in with Chris Martin and Will Smith. Those are two two really good arms to add to your bullpen. Will Smith was probably a top five reliever in the league last year. Yep. Uh, 34 saves, 96 strikeouts, and 65 innings pitched. Opponent's average was only a 196. Yeah, that's that's filthy. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, uh, veteran, you know, utility guy or outfield spare, I should say, and Nick Markakis, you know, that's He's going to retire brave, I think, last year. He took a, oh, yeah, there, he took no a big doubt. pay cut uh, in 2018 just to stay yep. with the Braves just because he truly liked it there. But, I mean, when yeah, you got like a guy a that batted a $15 million dollar pay cut. Right. But when you got a guy that batted a 285 with 62 RBIs and a, you know, on-base percentage of 356 coming off your bench, like, that's pretty solid. I guess, I mean, he's not necessarily always coming off the bench. He might be your starting left fielder occasionally, but he's got a platoon with Adam Duvall, who they mm-hmm. that was kind of like a diamond in the rough for the Braves last year. He was, yeah. a, he was a guy that had a really good year with, like, almost 40 home runs with, I believe, the Reds, and then dropped off and ended up being in AAA. And the Braves are like, you know what? Give him a minor league deal. Let's you know, let's pick him up at the deadline. And he had a couple of big home runs. I think he uh, sealed the deal against the Cardinals with a home run in the postseason last year, maybe, I think. But, yeah, yeah, he's yeah one, one of the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sp- speaking of that, that series with the Cardinals, which was, was pretty upsetting for Atlanta fans to hear. They did, they did hold a 2-1 lead last year, and then obviously game five they – Went down ten to nothing in the first inning. Kind of forgot about that until I started reading up on it again. Yeah, that was kind and, of a freak yeah, thing. Was, but I think another th- yeah. they they saw that they're uh, they were blowing games late late in games or leads late in games. Like, duh. But and yeah. that's why they signed. You know, they went out and got a guy like Will Smith and uh, you know Chris Martin, and they got guys like Darren O'Day, Shane Green, who. They was an absolute stud. He was gonna be like a reliever of the year candidate with Detroit. Yeah, and then and just didn't buffs figure it up out to like in a Atlanta. Four, three. Yeah, just didn't figure it out in Atlanta. And then Mark Melanson, yeah. they overpitched the shit out of him in that Cardinal series, and I think it finally yeah. just got to him. So adding those two arms will definitely help in the playoffs. Yeah, I I set their plus minus at ninety wins. I believe that they will be a first place team. Obviously, they can if they can avoid injuries, stay healthy. They got guys coming back: Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, and if Dansby Swanson can figure himself out, they'll be they'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, uh, his, Dansby Swanson's numbers aren't horrifying for me, just because uh, I know what he provides on the defensive side. 
Yep. You know, with a 250 batting average, 17 home runs, 65 RBIs, like I'll take that out of a bottom of the lineup guy any day. But yeah. I think, uh, but I think when it comes to accolades, I think they have two guys that will be up there in awards. I think Acuna is the NL MVP, and then I think Soroka could easily be a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. What? How old is he? He's what? Twenty-two. Yeah. Um, and then things look really good if they can bring back Donaldson. I think that's their big, yeah. big move. Yeah, they, they need they need to sign Donaldson. Yeah, because Austin Riley has not – the MLB has not done good things to him so far. He had, like, that really good week, like, when he came up, and everyone was like, oh, my God, this kid's an animal. But I looked at his they're, – they're rough, like, sub-240 batting average, like, that rough. And then Juan Camargo had a very, very bad 19, who would also be a third-base option if they don't get Donaldson. But you look at yeah. – his 2018 stats where he batted a 272, 20 home runs, 76 RBIs with an 806 OPS. If they get that Camargo, they're not they're not looking too bad. He's not your three or four hitter like Donaldson would be, but yeah, he's he's still not a bad guy to put in the lineup. But bottom line, they need to they need to you know send the house you know for Donaldson. Yeah, so they they need to sign Donaldson like you said to get that three four bat. If they do not sign Donaldson, do they go after another middle lineup bat like Marcelo Zuna? Uh no. I don't think so. Just the fact that what he would cost, like this is a national league team, so it's not like they can DH him. Yeah. So I just don't see for the money he would cost, like wh- where do you put him? Do you like you don't bench you got so many bench guys. They have so much depth in that outfield that I just don't see where he could go. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, the, just their price that... tag will be about the same. So if you're going to yeah, go... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't read anything on Ozuna's asking price. I haven't seen what he's asking. I know Donaldson's asking for four and yeah. then like 110 plus. Ozuna's going to get overpaid around, I don't know, three, four years in the 80 million range. Okay. And I and they said that Castellanos is looking for like six for a hundred. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Donaldson wants four. I know he's really adamant about the fourth year option or fourth year yep. on the contract, and they're saying yep. he he could even with all the bidders that are in on him, he could maybe go over the hundred million mark. Yeah, I, I could see him. Which I, is nuts I for a guy I his saw. age. Yeah, I believe I said that he'd sign a four-year, hundred five million dollar deal. Yeah. I think that's what he's gonna get. Did so, you know that? Did you yeah. know that he? Uh, let me see here. What was I looking at? He received, uh, I believe it was eleven MVP votes last year. Really? Which I don't know who the hell would no. be doing that, but he batted like what, like a two fifty six last year. Uh, two sixty, two sixty with thirty seven home runs, ninety four RBIs. Uh, 900 OPS and a 379 on base percentage. So I mean, it was a phenomenal year, but not an MVP year by any means. No, that that 900 OPS, that's nice. That's not the what'd you say, 37 home runs. Yeah, which. Yeah. I think you could flick your wrist last year and hit 20. So I mean, 37 <laughs> is still phenomenal, but. Yeah, and that's a- another everybody question. Everybody last year had 15 plus home run potential. Yeah, it seems like every guy that walked up to the plate, oh, it's his career high in home runs this year. 
Yeah, surprise. It, it'd literally be every guy. But uh, Yeah, what baseball are we going to get this year? Yeah, I don't know. Like, And it was weird because the regular season was juiced, and then everyone's saying, you know, that they went back to the regular baseball for the playoffs. Yeah. And you look at a team like the Twins who heavily relied on home runs. They got, I mean, obviously they're playing a much better team than the Yankees, but they hit, like, one home run that series, and they got absolutely slapped. So it's like. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we did have one more Twitter question before we before we wrap it up. It's kind of a uh, kind of off a little bit. So Mitch at the Real Buster Fifteen. He's with uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a lollipop? Hmm. What did, I what say? Did they seven. What did they say in the commercial? Like three. Uh, yeah, three. But I also think that someone actually did a study on this, and it's over 100. So I'm going to go 167 licks. All right, let's see. 167 licks. We're, we're going to... Let's see. How many licks to get the center of a Tootsie Pop? Ooh, okay. So here, I'm, I'm just going to read straight from Tootsie.com. Ooh, that's All a good right, source. Mitch, th- th- this is for you. A group of engineering students from Purdue University reported that its licking machine, modeled after a human tongue, took an average of 364 licks to get the center of a Tootsie Pop. 20 of the group's volunteers assumed the licking challenge unassisted by machinery and averaged 252 licks each to the center. So if if your tongue is an absolute machine, you're talking 364 licks. But if if your tongue is normal, 252. So it's all about the, That's, the flick of the tongue. It's all about the flick of the tongue. There you go, Mitch. Yeah. That was for you. Sounds right. good. You so got you got anything that you wanna you wanna say? No, I think uh, I think the NL East would be one of the best divisions in baseball to watch next year, especially come September. Um, yep. It'd be it'd be cool to see something like what the Mets were didn't f- capitalize on last year, but that that like twenty five game stretch that. Was at the beginning of September, late August, whenever it was. That was really Where fun they to went watch. Nuts. Yeah, they yeah, were like was, nineteen and two or something. Yeah, uh, but yeah, keep an eye on the the NL East. Uh, what yeah, what division? So, what division are we? Uh, do you want to do next episode? Oh man, I didn't even think about this. Man, well, we, we let's uh, let, let's run. We'll, we'll run a poll on Twitter. We'll see huh? what they we'll see what they want. We'll see what the people want. Perfect. All right, All so right. just to break it down again, uh, we have first place, the Atlanta Braves, second place, Washington Nationals, third place, New York Mets, fourth place, Philadelphia Phillies, and fifth place, Miami Marlins for our NLE's predictions. Yeah, so. Sounds All good. All right, thank you. thank you guys again for listening to the Let's Talk Baseball podcast. Catch you next week. Yeah, peace out, you sick people.